Welcome to a Myths and Men podcast, recorded live in Atlanta, Georgia. On this show, you enjoy candid conversations for men, by men, about men's issues with an amazing twist. By exploring the arts, music, games, and film, our aim is to help men better understand themselves and navigate through life's daily challenges in order to become happier and more successful. I'm your co-host, John Parker. And I'm your co-host, Dr. Daniel P. David. And this is of Myths and Men. Good day. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. We don't know what time you're listening, but we're happy you're here. It's five o'clock somewhere on this planet. Well, you know what that means. You tell me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll leave that alone. Me- it means go home? Oh. It does mean go home, yes. Okay. There's, there's probably some traffic somewhere. Right. All right. Well, listen, this is a Myths and Men podcast. I'm John Parker. And I'm Dr. Daniel David. And hold tight to your seats. We have a, another excellent show prepared for you. And uh, I'm, I'm, well, I guess I was, I'm excited, but I guess I'm always excited. I'm ready. Okay, well, I'm ready. Today, we're going to use Angry Birds as fuel for our conversation and dealing with anger. Yes, probably the one, one of the most misunderstood emotions in our emotional palette. Mm. So I think it's an important discussion for us to have, especially when we talk about anger and, and men. Uh, often, those two go together. We, we assume that men are angry or that that's the go-to emotion Mm. to show strength and there are some problems with that yeah yeah i think that uh i don't know where i mean i guess i don't know is it like statistically sound i don't know where it comes from i guess dudes are does the strength make you angry does the the appearance of being large like where did where did this i guess we have to do some research and figure out where this like i guess uh correlation between men and angry came from, or is it just men are just angry? I don't know. Well, I think that if we look back um, through TV land history, you know, to like the Incredible Hulk, right? Right, when right, he, right. When he got pissed off, he, yeah. he turned into this, and you know, David, David, was it David? David uh, Banner. Uh, Banner. Uh, you made me. So I have a friend that uses the, the, the stage name Deuce Banner, and I was about to call him <laughs> Deuce Banner, but it is David Banner. Okay, and so... You know, he would have to get really angry in order to bulk up to be this uh, super, you know, uh, super being, you know. And I think that anger is something that we learn from, you know, our parents and especially growing up. And I think that for boys, we're allowed to be angry, but we're not allowed to be sad or we're not allowed to be afraid. Right, right. So yes. there's this empowerment sense when people get angry, we feel empowered. Okay. The problem is it's often learned and then misused, and then it becomes the only emotion that we can mm, depend on. Okay. And so that's that's there sort of where it goes. There you go. I like that. And my inner nerd came out. So it's Bruce Banner was for the comics and all that other stuff. Then it was David Banner for the TV show. Oh, all right. So, yeah. So I, okay. was, like, I was struggling because you said it, and I was like, it's just something's off right like in, in the in the universe right now and there's 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 a i don't know what the well we were in parallel is. universes we were at that we moment, were we right? were but we I, was, were in... I feel like there was a tear that dropped out of some nerd's eye when we said david and then say bruce you know what i mean so yes. i just wanted to correct that okay all right get this thing started on i'll the give right you foot. a tissue all right <laughs> so it, <was> me. <laughs> it might have been my inner nerd crying oh man all right well i think that's a great synopsis of how things kind of look on that historical scale for a man you know that right we have these feelings we have these ways of expressing ourselves but i think the problem with especially american culture i, I can't really speak on other continents and other um well i guess america is not an ethnic group but it's just other places where men can't express themselves in such a way where they can show the the tears they can show the feelings they can show the emotions without anger being the only appropriate emotion to show and i think that's problematic and, right and as we talk to through today and again use angry birds as our kind of guide we'll kind of see the the problematic nature of that and then we'll kind of see where anger can be used as a a not necessarily a weapon of mass destruction but it can be used as a tool right to kind of get to the um, desired result and then we can also talk about how it could definitely uh, hinder us sure all right cool so do you want to I'm throwing this to you because this was your this was your movie that you suggested. I you know I, I wanted to just get some. Well, I really like this smash. movie. This movie was <laughs> it was fun. I think I've seen it three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the 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 whole premise of the movie, right. and I guess we should say that there are going to be some spoiler alerts here. Sure. If you haven't seen this movie, 
press pause, go see the movie, <laughs> come back, and then listen to us, right, right. and you'll get a lot more out of it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want it, us to spoil it for you, please press pause at All this right. moment. Yep, and it's funny. I missed this somehow uh, when the original release. Uh, I think just you know, just not really being interested. I guess I thought it was going to be more on the lines of just the the the, the game, you know, the Angry mm-hmm. Birds game or whatever. And I like, oh, it's a kid's movie, which I know better than that. Most kids' movies aren't for kids anyway. Not anymore. Right, right. But after I watched it, I was like, yo, this is really profound, mm-hmm. you know, on so many levels, um, especially from a psychological standpoint or whatever the case may be, but just in teaching lessons and then something that it's teachable moments, you know, for people, children and adults alike. And it's pretty great. Yeah, you know, the movie starts out, I think uh, there are some probably three main parts to this movie. First, it starts out with Red being angry. Right. <laughs> and it shows all the destructive ways right. that, that he, his anger, you know, hurt himself and others. Mm-hmm. And I think for men, we really need to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about ang- anger and how it hurts us, I think that there's a big confusion and I often get guys who come in and they want to talk about their anger management or anger issues. And often as I'm listening to them, I'm really questioning, is it anger or is it hurt? Mm, Okay. Is it anger or is it shame? Mm. And I think that dealing with men and all the years that I've worked with men, I think that men use anger as a shield to protect the hurts that they have. And often when I when I sit down and really listen to the scenarios that they that they talk about when they're they're uh, expressing how they had uh, became really angry and maybe they even got into rage and violence, um, I'm really listening for what triggered this. What was it that triggered this um, uh, outburst or this explosion? And I'll listen to their stories and and hear all the things that you know they experience, and then I'll say to them, well. Let me ask you something. Um, what were you feeling behind the anger? Mm-hmm. And often, uh, that's when they'll get quiet on me, and and we'll we'll have to sit for a moment, and they'll begin to think, you know, what was it that really caused all that anger? And you know, I'll ask them a question. You know, you know, what what feeling did you have before he got angry? And that's usually a confusing moment because they're they're so focused and because other people in their lives have said, you know, you've got anger issues or you got anger problems. They're so focused on the actual anger and the behavior that comes out of being angry that they forget that there's something there that triggers it. And it's, it's crazy, the parallels of, like, therapy and opening scenes of a movie. Because I think when you mentioned that, hey, the, what I have the guys do is, I'll, okay, tell me what happened. Give me some background. Let me know about the triggering event or the scenario or the situation. And then you're listening for, okay, give me more, give me more, give me more. What's the background? What's the background? What's the background? And then you have those aha moments. I feel like it's just like the opening scene. It's laid out for us for Angry Birds, right? So Red, they show like him not being able to like he's thinking he's uh, talking to the girls and he's blowing kisses at her or whatever the case may be and she's actually talking to another guy right um he's uh in the movie theater and somebody sneezes on his popcorn that makes him angry right right um there's the and then you know just multiple scenes that they show again i try not to spoil too many things for those who haven't seen it but the one scene at the end i think is really parallel where he doesn't have a mother or a father he's a bird mm-hmm. he's lonely he has no parents and then when the when the egg breaks you just see him angry he's been angry since a, a baby bird right you know and so this is the same parallel as we see with these guys that we talk to in, in therapy is like you know there are root causes for a lot of things and if we don't get to the bottom of those things these guys will continue living with this anger, with the frustration, with the negative use of anger because they haven't been able, one, to pinpoint where the anger started and then figure out a direction on how to uh, deal with, you know, these things that come up, the triggers and the stressors or whatever. Yeah, you know, you when, as, as you were describing Red's experiences there, you know, we're talking about like blowing kisses and, and, and then it not being him that mm-hmm. they're blowing kisses, you know, and it was really a, a comical scene, right. but that's, that's humiliating. Mm-hmm. You know, the humiliation or the shame that comes with that. And so, again, there's there's um, the shame at the root of the anger. And then you have someone violating your boundaries when they're sneezing all over your popcorn. Right. That was so disrespectful, <laughs> it was man. It was gross. so rude. Yeah. <laughs> right? But violating your boundaries. And, you know, so that's a part of shaming, mm-hmm. too, is to say that my boundaries aren't being respected. Mm-hmm. And then 
the last one was the abandonment issues and, and you know, not having the, the parents or not having the support or not having, you know, the feeling of security that, that comes with having a, a family that is um, supportive or, or there for uh, young men. And especially in Red's case, so he, you know, he, he, he hatches angry, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, you mentioned um, boundary violations. And it's oftentimes I find as if, guys are told to usually by i would say women to not react a certain way especially when it comes to boundary violations and i think it's because the nature of man and woman right i think women don't well it depends there's i'm sure there's angry women out there whatever the case may be but i think that their their level of offense when certain things happen is not the same as guys and it's probably because how we're raised and how we're taught but i think boundary violation is such a serious thing that creates so much trouble for men and gets under, I won't say, it gets, we, get, we get taught to downplay it. But if we get taught how to respond to boundary violations in such a way that's positive and beneficial, things would be different. And I mention that because you hear about in certain communities where somebody will have some Jordans. Mm-hmm. The Jordans get stepped on. Now there's a fight, right? Right. Uh, you'll you'll have somebody disrespect somebody, right? That's a boundary violation. You'll have somebody, uh, you know, little kids jump in front of you in line, and that's a boundary violation. And so it starts even from a kid. Like, who cares about getting somebody standing in front of you in the line, right? Right. At, at a, I, the hospital I work at, it's a bunch of kids, and somebody will get bent out of shape about being, you know, cut in line, right? So then I'll have everybody turn around. Okay, now you're in front. Turn around again. Now you're behind. It's all perspective. Like you're getting upset about something that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? And so sometimes it works and sometimes they get it. But getting back to my point, if we were taught how to deal with boundary violations a little better, the violence that comes from those uh, boundary violations wouldn't have to happen. And I mention that because I watch a TV show called First 48. I don't know if you're familiar with no, that. No, I'm not. It's on A&E, and it's a show I love to hate because it's it's about um, – detectives um homicide detectives and it's a you know documentary style they have first they have the first 48 hours of a crime of a murder are the most important after that the the trail kind of gets cold and things of that nature the show is generally full of black men killing black men right mm. so there's always that aspect of it sometimes the police will lie and do things that they shouldn't do to get to people to confess which i'm feeling like this is going to get thrown out in court anyway but they get the people to confess so that makes me angry but then i'm like yo like if you commit a crime, you kill somebody, you need to go to jail. So I'm secretly hoping that the guys get off because the police did, you know, shady work. But at the same time, they need to get locked up because they murdered somebody. Right. right. The bottom line for me is oftentimes those shows, it, when they get to the story behind it, some guy just got angry because somebody said something crazy to him or they disrespected their girlfriend or they had a beef on the street. Just little things that, again, with these boundary violations, they haven't been taught how to properly right. deal with somebody being disrespectful or rude or how to respond to somebody that 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 shamed them you know right. you know and so i just went on that tangent no that's really that's good a, that's you know, that's point. really helpful especially when we talk about you know bound boundary violations as being a part of shaming mm-hmm. um one thing that i talk to men about is their awareness of shame i really ask them you know do you know when you're actually being shamed do you know when you're feeling shame and do you know when you're using shame and and can you spot it when someone el- yeah. someone else is using shame and it's just to create a shame awareness because shame is like somewhat like living in your house mm-hmm. with uh, a front entrance but no door on it wow. and always feeling vulnerable mm-hmm. always wondering who's going to look in mm-hmm. who's going to see and so um, the moment we're shamed we we begin to react because of the, 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 the boundary violation there. And the reaction looks like, okay, I'm going to get angry. I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to respond to this shaming. And a lot of men just see it as, well, I got an anger problem. But, it, you know, it's, I always say it's probably not an anger problem as much as it's a shaming problem. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been shamed in your life before? Not wanting to look like a, a, a wuss or mm-hmm. not wanting to look weak not wanting to um, have someone have one up on them. And, and, you know, so when when they do get into a little bit of name calling or back and forth, you know, it's, okay, oh, I'm going to have to bulk up now. I'm going to have to become the Incredible Hulk, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to understand that behind anger is usually hurt or shame. Mm -hmm. And when men can recognize 
that they're being shamed or they, that they uh, uh, feel shame, then they can start to deal with what's really happening rather than just getting angry. It's, you know, I've actually coached men and talked to men about uh, stopping the shame and, and the shaming and actually calling people out on the shaming aspect. Are you shaming me? Are you attempting to shame me? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a key factor in understanding anger. Mm. It's, I feel like these are the conversations that need to happen more often, and they need to be happening with young men right. as they grow and they develop so that they can get properly um, trained in how to use their anger, right, and, and the benefits of it and the downfalls of it. But again, it's just it's sad that you see so many dads, kind of dads, uncles, brothers, whatever, just kind of perpetuating male stereotypes that aren't beneficial for society, not trying to minimize masculinity and not trying to minimize what it means to be a man. But I just think that if we could harness this for good, you know what I mean? Right. If, we could, if we could put this anger in its proper perspective um, and allow it to be utilized for what it needs to be utilized for, we'd be in a much better place, you know, uh, mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, all those things. But again, it's just one of those things that gets swept under the rug and we just, you know, we watch MMA. Yeah. We watch football. Yeah. Right, you right. know, and, and those things fuel us. But again, on the inside, we're, we're soft and broken sometimes. And we're just dudes that need to be, we need our anger needs to be uh, led in the right direction. Right. right. So I think it's really important to talk about toxic anger. You know, toxic anger, anger tends to be the reactionary anger that comes from a response to other emotions such as shame, guilt, fear, helplessness, or powerlessness. Toxic anger can be found also in our in our shadow, the part that is unconscious, the part that we reject or was rejected in, in us. And so a, a lot of men, you know, as men, we carry these things around, and we, you know, we can look pretty mu- pretty shielded, but behind the shield is all are all these wounds, mm-hmm. and so I often call it the fuel. It, you know, it's the fuel that someone can uh, throw a spark at and mm-hmm. then ignite, and so we need to be really aware of that. That that toxic anger is really related to the hurt that we feel on the inside that we're trying to protect and we don't want anyone to get inside. And, and so we'll put shields and barricades around that. But then, you know, the the fuel is leaking out. It's Mm -hmm. like fumes, you know, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly someone says something and triggers that. And just like a spark, it it just explodes. Mm. Yeah. That's profound. Again, it just goes to the, the, the intricacies that are humans, you know, that are men, right. It's, it's, there's always a cause and effect. Things don't just happen in a vacuum. Things don't just happen in a bubble. Like there's always something, you know, that's going on. And the goal, it sounds like, again, is to figure out where is the root? What is this? And then what are your triggers? What are your stressors? A lot of people don't know. Like they couldn't tell you until you, like you said, you make them sit down and think, what is the problem? Right. They'll just chalk it up to, oh, I'm just this way or this is how I've been all my life and this is how I'll be. But don't understand that things can change and things can get different. Right. And things can get better. So then for you, what are the 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 shades of anger look like what is it you know we have the toxic anger you know the the stuff that just happens right right? um and we'll kind of flesh that a little bit more if need be but i think looking through the shades of anger and kind of what that looks like will kind of be beneficial right so you know we spend a lot of time in our culture shaming people who are angry so again it's just more shaming Mm -hmm. and i often encourage people who have someone that's angry uh you know that they're dealing with someone an angry partner or an angry friend to say okay can you not look at the anger for a moment and wonder what is going on inside this person that Mm. they're you know feeling uh, maybe they're feeling hurt or maybe they're they're feeling shame about uh things that they did in their past that they are now having to live with and contend with and and to have compassion right so um but when we identify shame I mean, when we identify anger, it usually comes in various uh, flavors, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) The flavors of anger. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, the shades of anger, you know, like frustration. Mm -hmm. Really, frustration is anger plus helplessness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like being in traffic uh, (laughs) when we get road road rage. Oh, man. Okay? You know, that wanting to go forward but can't go forward because there's, you know, traffic in front of us. and And so that creates this... Uh, helplessness. I want to get. I want to get going. I want to get going. I want to get going, but I can't. I can't. You know. And so it turns into real deep uh, frustration. And that's interesting. 
I feel like, again, I'm not a child psychologist by any means, but in my work at the hospital I work at with children who have ADHD, ADD, it frustrates me to see them get treated the way they get treated in classrooms. If your mind is racing, if you got ants in your pants, if you're done with your work because you're smart and nothing else is there for you to do, these kids get in trouble oftentimes because they're, you know, just all over the place, right? The issue I have is that I think a lot of these kids get frustrated because they got all these things going on in their mind that doesn't allow them to focus right that doesn't allow them to pay attention to what's ahead of them and then they just get yelled at or the teacher gets frustrated and throws them out or they put them over here in the corner whatever the case may be and it's like imagine if you having difficulty focusing maybe you're young and you can't read maybe you're behind and because of all these things that you have in front of you and it it just of course you're going to be frustrated as a kid of course you're going it's going to lead to anger and so a lot of times the kids get sent to our hospital which has a residency program and it also has a school on board but it's like yo the kid is six years old and he's got this add adhd stuff and he can't sit still, so he probably has difficulty in the classroom because he's probably behind. Have you just had him tested to see where he is academically? Right. You know, right. He's, you know, the frustration that he displays at home or in the classroom is probably based on because he can't keep up with everybody. Which hooks into shame. Yeah, right. It's a link. Right. It's a link. I said all that just to have this epiphany that goes right. off. Like, it's, 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 there is a reason why the child is behaving while they're behaving. Right. And it might just be because they just feel shame because they're behind or can't keep yes. up or can't concentrate yes. or can't focus or whatever. Sorry, tangent. No, that's good. That right. that was good. Right. So, so uh, I can I can see your frustration, right? <laughs> there you go. You know, yep. you know, angry at the situation and feeling helpless and yep. wanting to, you know, find a solution. Right, right. You know, that's that's part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, another shade of anger is being annoyed, or pissed, mm. irritated, mm. incensed, mm. enraged. Mm. Calm down. <laughs> Outraged. All right, you're getting me there. Resentful, uh-huh. agitated, livid, ticked off, mm. uh, indignant, and then sarcastic. Wow. wow. So, wow. okay. And those are just a few. Well, I mean, if your goal was to get me worked up, okay. you did. All right. Do you, I have a blood pressure monitor <laughs> in my I office. I might need that. I might need it. some okay. pills too. <laughs> oh, man. But no, this, I mean, this This is real. Yes. And these words are, are being used as definitions to help us identify the, the shades, right? But right. it's also these things can be used as, as words to hurt people. Yes. You know, they can be like labels given to people that further exacerbates the problem. Right. You know, and I think sarcasm is one of those things where you'll see with red. He uses a lot of sarcasm, right? And sarcasm is generally used in our society as ways to cut people, you know. But sometimes it's it's a learned behavior to kind of deal with life and what you know life is giving you. And for me, I used a lot of sarcasm growing up. I didn't have my growth spurt until I was probably uh, I was in college actually. I was eighteen, you know, when I finally I'm five ten now, but I was probably five 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 six going into college. Um, maybe five seven and so as a child because i was smaller than everybody else sarcasm was the go-to tool one because i couldn't fight everybody but i can use my words and two i was i was a little smarter than my than everybody else i felt you know in my mind you couldn't tell me i wasn't and so sarcasm was one of those things where i could cut somebody they may not know in the moment people that were smart enough to know that i was getting you know was was cutting him was like ah he's brilliant and then the guy would go home later and be like wait a minute i think he was talking about me right so they give me time to get away so i didn't immediately get pummeled you know right exactly um, but when i jumped right to let's let's fight you know I, I i gotta think twice about that if you're not my size which generally wasn't happening i would either have to figure out some slick way to get you you know physically or i would just have to take that l you know and just get beat up so my thing was sarcasm was a way for me to kind of cut to kind of make people people feel worse. But then as I got older, because it was such a part of my personality, even in my responses to people, not meaning to be mean or not meaning to be, uh, what's the word, offensive, it still comes off as, as offensive because people don't know how to handle sarcasm. It's always, not always, but it's often used as a tool to demean, to hurt, to cut. And so I think with Red, his sarcasm was a way to keep him distant from people because right. he didn't want to be close to people. I don't know if he was trying to be sarcastic intentionally. I think it was just a part of when you're not part of the in crowd, when you're different from everybody else, everybody's so happy, go lucky, and he's angry. When you don't have parents, like there was just a lot of things that could lead to him using sarcasm as a tool. 
uh, but also could hinder him in personal relationships with people. You know, I think that uh, sarcasm also has a sort of a cultural um, uh, origin too. You know, like in certain parts of this country, uh, living in New York City for 20 years and, (laughs) you know, uh, riding elevators every day and seeing people and, you know, everybody's under pressure. So, you know, we get really sarcastic with one another. It's basically a good thing right. because it's sort of letting out the pressures and letting out the stress by being sarcastic uh, so that there aren't mass uh, fistfights in, right. in the middle of the knifing, <laughs> right in the middle of, the, you know, the streets of New York. So, right. you know, yeah. um, so I, I, I used sarcasm for a long time, just naturally, just being in that environment and, and, you know, uh, 8 million people in one little, mm-hmm. you know, island. Right, right. And so so then coming to the South, and people just didn't understand my sarcasm at all. <laughs> That's what it is. It was is. like they scared. They were scared to hell, okay. hell like, get away from right, me, right, you know. Right, like, right. Uh-huh. Um, but I heard, you know, bless your heart as a sarcastic <laughs> remark. <laughs> right, right. Right? Bless so, your heart. Yeah, so, you know. So, bless your heart. I, yeah, right. Uh, I, and I've seen it, too. So. My pleasure. You don't mean that <laughs> right. at all. Right. Right. So... Sarcasm is one of those, uh, sometimes it can be, you know, humorous too. Mm -hmm. And, but we have to really identify that all of these shades of anger are really rooted in some level of anger deep down Mm -hmm. and, and that, uh, they're sparks, they're, they're fuel and, and people can then, you know, ignite that fuel and, uh, and then cause us to be really angry and, and out, out of hand. And that's where we, begin to understand why people need to work on their anger mm-hmm. you know as in as in the movie you know red red was expressing all of his displaced anger <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah um you know basically uh hurting everyone around him and then being ostracized and put outside of the city right. and li- living by himself mm-hmm. and you know it creates isolation a lot of people just don't want to be around you because you're angry right. you know so so we get to the Anger management. There you go. Right. And um, and I always have fun with this yeah. because I, I, I kind of, when I talk to people, I say, okay, so let's talk about anger management. And I'll just tell you right now, don't be angry. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> right, right. Like, did it work? Did it work? Yeah. One, two, three, don't be angry. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And uh, and they usually will say, well, I'm, now I'm angry, <laughs> more angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I say, right. well, that's right. 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 So that sort of anger management doesn't work. It's not mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. It's not holding your breath, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I did like uh, our character, yeah. the uh, the hippie, yeah. hippie teacher, yeah. uh, Matilda. Matilda, right, yes. right, right. And it's what was funny about that whole scenario. It reminded me of, and this is a whole different movie situation, but the, the current Marvel Universe arc with Hulk, right? So... I forget which one it was. It might have been an Avengers movie. I don't know. But when Hulk was trying to keep from being angry, he was doing the 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 meditation, right? right. He was trying to measure his heart rate and all these different things or whatever. And then it was one scene where he was like, you know what? I'm angry all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he realized, like, you know what? I, this is I'm going to use this. You know what I'm saying right. for, for my for my benefit or to save the world or whatever the case may be. And so it's kind of like the contrast to Matilda's class. It's like you could see in, in there was very many parts of the movie where she was frustrated, but then she would count to three or she would deep breathe or she would use some technique that would bring her back down to center. But she was trying to have this persona of I'm always cool, I'm always calm, I'm always collected uh when red uh uh, destroyed her sign you know what i mean she was definitely frustrated then and it was just stuff where people don't tell you that hey this stuff is a process right and you jump into these classes with these people who have this certificate in anger management or they took an online class or whatever the case may be and they'll try to use a catch-all this should work for everybody if you just count, if you just relax, if you just deep breathe, if you just monitor your heart. I mean, it would drive me crazy trying to monitor my breaths and my heartbeat. You know what I mean? Like, I would go nuts and make me very frustrated. Would, I'm tired of this. Lifestyle. It would drive my blood pressure up. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the, and what I'm saying is, like, there's different techniques and there's different things that have to be tried. And there's no catch-all. There's no end-all, be-all for everybody because everybody's personality is different. It is a process. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to uh, badger too too many anger management programs. I, I, I do believe that people need to be more conscious or conscientious of their um, of their anger and their emotions. And yes, I love yoga. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, yoga's mm-hmm. good and exercise is good and all these things to kind of expel this energy. Mm-hmm. But when we don't get to the real 
wound that the person is carrying around that is the sore spot that people want to poke at mm-hmm. and and that's what causes all this explosiveness mm-hmm. you know when we don't get to heal that then we don't really heal and and the anger doesn't go away right so are you it's familiar, important are you familiar with the term throw shade no so i just threw a lot of shade unintentionally I and mean, it was my own maybe my own inner angst so when i was it seemed as if i was badgering anger management people right which i i probably was it was unintentional so throw shade is the term that you use when you are doing what i did being shady or kind of belittling or undermining or whatever so i apologize if there's anyone listening that is an anger management coach or that uh specifically deals with anger management only um i do appreciate the work you're doing and i will not throw shade anymore at you on this show good you got good it. word all right, i all right. like that so you got that yes, you i that like in your that I can, now? I, can, I can throw shade throw shade or, or not throw shade or not throw, <laughs> it's your choice in this world you know what i mean so okay. you can use sarcasm or you can throw shade you okay. know whatever keeps you calm right is what we need to well, have that was good i like that okay all right cool so that was me repenting i apologize so <laughs> so matilda was leading the uh the pack with mm-hmm. trying to get into zen moments mm-hmm. and things like that and i think that there are some like like we're saying there are some good things that we can learn from that and and you know uh how you know learn how to work with anger Mm -hmm. but i will say this that getting to the original wound and getting to the deep stuff is really the part of uh uh, anger management that works the best it's Mm -hmm. like okay where is this hurt coming from you know why why do i have resentments you know i've i've learned and I, i try to practice this in my own personal life I try to live without resentments. Mm-hmm. And that means that if people do something or if a friend or family member does something, I'm going to want to resolve that before it turns into resentment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that being the case, right? So we got resentment. We got anger versus hurt versus shame. We got the boundary violations. We've got shades of anger. What are maybe three questions that you can give me that you get that you give to guys to kind of help them identify where things are coming from, how has anger been maybe not beneficial for them, um, things of that nature? Well, first thing, uh, first question I usually ask them is, you know, what feelings of shame or guilt trigger your anger? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, often they'll just sit with it for a moment and begin to identify right away, mm-hmm. you know, where they have been shamed or okay. they feel guilty. Okay. And then we talk about, you know, what about your anger um, makes you fear it? Mm, you know, okay. you know, men, I think, fear anger the most because we're afraid of what we can do with it. Mm. And, and, you know, and we don't like that. Right, so right. it's important to understand why we fear our own anger. Okay. And then how has your anger harmed yourself or others? Mm. I think that's a, a real important question. And then the last one is what regrets do you have? Uh, with your anger, you know, what have you done with your anger that has caused regrets? And, you know, again, it's that recycling of shame. It Mm -hmm. comes back to, well, Mm -hmm. I got, I blew up and I yelled and Mm -hmm. I screamed and I did things I didn't want to do. And now I feel worse about myself Mm -hmm. and it's just a recycling of shame. So it's really important to identify that. That's what, so I'm, I'm on this Hulk moment. You started off with talking about Hulk, but I, it's, I feel like he just needs a good therapist, right? If the the whole question you ask, what about your anger makes you fear, right? Like he has a reason to fear his anger, right? Right, because when he becomes the Hulk, bad things can potentially happen, or good things can happen, you know. And so, it it goes back to what you were kind of talking about earlier. If guys understood the nature of anger and where it can go, and problems that can get created, or the good that can come from it, we can we can be better managers right. of that, and we wouldn't necessarily have to fear it. But I think that's an excellent question in getting people to think and understand. Like, well, why do what is this anger about? Is it a, you know, what makes me afraid of it? What why is it that I can't have it as part of who I am, and why do I need to get rid of it? You know, because I think that's where people want you to go with. They want you to minimize it and dismiss it and not use it for what it could be used for. Right. You know, in, in the movie, especially in the class, um, you had Bomb, and he was kind of a, like a Hulk kind of, right? You yeah. know, yeah, exactly. You know, yep. because he, he had to get angry, and then he would blow up, mm-hmm. and you know, so a lot of guys will use that anger as a, you know, as a self-protective mode. Mm-hmm. It's just to protect themselves mm-hmm. because that shame is so raw. So, um, and then you had uh, Red, uh, the big guy, Terrence. Terrence, yeah. yes, the big guy. He, you know, Terrence, um, he just 
growled at everyone, you know, which <laughs> <Get> you look. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'll, I'll express in text message myself. I'll go, girl. Right. Right. I may or may not have seen that. I won't oh, okay. tell anybody. Okay, well, yeah. um, and so <laughs> I'm confessing, <laughs> There you, go. you know, and so, you know, there are the, all these ways to express our anger and, and be afraid, you know, for guys, we're, we're afraid of that, but I, I often want to turn it around and say, okay, so what's good about your anger. And I mm. think this is where uh, we can talk about the clip that okay. we're going to uh, let everyone hear first. Okay. Yep. I think that is excellent. What? I'm a little bit angry. Correction. I'm really angry. And I don't think I'm the only one. Come on. We're birds. We're descended from dinosaurs. We're not supposed to be nice, right? Uh, yeah. Point, point made. Who else here is angry? Yeah, you are. We're getting our kids back. And I don't need any calm, detached, happy birds. Not going to help us. Don't need it. I need some angry, blocking birds. You hear me? Now who's angry? Let's go. I love that. That is a classic Especially scene. that little chick, that little yeah. chick. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, right, right, you right. Know? It's she like, was ready to go. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... yeah so in that scene we see kind of the beginning stages of them accepting a part of themselves that will be beneficial for them uh i guess achieving their objective achieving their goal right and so it's he's he's the guy that's ostracized he's the hermit he's the guy that has to live on the outside and the outskirts of the city but when it comes to needing him they find a use for his his personality for his anger for the thing that drives him i loved it mm-hmm. because anger anger again going back to anger being the most misunderstood emotion of our em- emotional palate it's really important to understand that we need anger and if without anger we we probably wouldn't survive as a species mm. Mm, it's wow. so important to understand that anger is healthy okay. and that it's just the expression of anger that gets in the way. I think that a lot of times uh, men explode, they blow up, they say things that they don't mean, um, uh, they get aggressive, and that's the stuff that mm-hmm. really they fear. Mm-hmm. And when I work with guys and when we start to really talk about just expressing feelings— a simple statement, I am angry, can go a long ways. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am angry about the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm angry about what's happening. You know, just mm-hmm. saying that simple statement, I'm angry, is a lot better than, you know, screaming, yelling, and blowing up. It just gets to the point. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we see here in this, this scene, you know, all of these eggs have been stolen, Right. right, and you know their their children have been stolen. Right, it, right? yes, yes. You know, so it, it, yeah. it, it you know everyone's sad, everyone's upset, but no one knows what to do because right. you know uh, anger was not allowed. Right, right, right. In right, this right. in yep. this little bird community, yep. yep, and ostracized. You know, it was put aside. Yeah, and I think it was Chuck said, "Hey, I know what we do. We just make more babies. Right, we just make, <laughs> ladies get to work. You know what I mean? I know. So it's just like, I know. In response to this tragedy, that little like, yellow bird right. had some something else going on. Yeah, he had an agenda. Uh, he liked a little bit of everything, but that's a whole another point. Right. But it's just one of those things where these people, because they didn't have that anger, you know, which in this situation was very, I think, appropriate." their responses will just be sad and just take this loss. Like, well, you know, they got us and they took all our kids. Right. And we'll just make some more or not, or just be sad, (laughs) you know? And I think that in that moment, like you're right, there's usefulness. There's things that you can uh, utilize or things that can come of your anger. Um, And what are your thoughts on those? What are some things that you think are? Well, let's just listen to this for a moment. Uh These are some of the words that, um, and, and these are emotional states of mind that require some level of anger, that same empowered feeling that we have when we get angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we think of passions, mm-hmm. hmm. that yeah. that's really important okay. to be passionate about something. Uh, I think that was his argument in the in the court scene that he was a passionate right, right. bird. <laughs> <laughs> but so so passions are really important. And then 
boundary setting, like we talked about boundary violations. Mm -hmm. And well, in order to set boundaries, we have to sort of have that empowered feeling mm -hmm. that I can set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Enforcing rules mm -hmm. is important. Yeah. Um, working through conflict mm -hmm. with that determination mm -hmm. uh, to have resolve, mm -hmm. to have bravery, to have uh, courage, to feel empowered, to have justice. And then leadership, that's what, you know, Red was really expressing there was, all right, well, I'm angry. Who's angry? Right. And what are we going to do about it? So take action. So there's some real uh, need for anger in order to take action. When we get angry and we just uh, sit with it, then it creates the helplessness. That's that mm. shame again. Mm. Instead of just taking action and doing something that is uh positive towards a change and positive towards improvement and conflict resolution, taking action through that, that's where we can really harness the power of anger mm -hmm. and, and then have that determination that we're going to get through it to the end. Yeah. So those are all the good words yeah. that come along with understanding anger in yeah. a positive light. It's, it's interesting. My mind, when you were talking, I was like, oh, because again, I wear the the social justice. Well, no, I'm not the only one, but in this room, right. but I that my mind tends to go in that direction, and I was thinking like, wow, this is the exact issue that during the civil rights movement that was the contrast between like a Malcolm and a Martin, right? Right. So Malcolm, up until a point, because he changed his stance on things towards the end of his life, um, Martin was clearly about sit in, sit at the counter, get beat up let the media see what's going on, the world will respond in a way that's kind, right? So it's like, hey, people got angry and outraged over the injustice that these people were suffering just from sitting at a counter, right? right? Um, or the mob violence that ensued them just because they wanted to eat and walk in the front door, you know? But with the backdrop of Martin Luther King and his people, and, and you know, the folks that, his people, the folks that followed the civil rights movement, is a better way of saying his people because they weren't his people, but was the idea that we this anger that we have towards injustice is going to lead us to be peaceful, and then that peace will lead others to becoming angry, and then that anger will lead to discord, uh, discourse, will lead to conversation, will lead to laws changing, rules changing, right. and people's hearts being changed. Right. Malcolm, on the other hand, was like, hey, I'm mad as hell, I ain't going to take it no more. You know, my anger right. is going to lead me to a different type of protest, and his protest wasn't always, hey, pick up arms although sometimes it was pick up arms and defend yourself but it was like hey we need to be doing something different about our lives and we can't sit around and be passive and wait for people to do something different for us right so the anger was the underlying issue for both of these people but it was two different ways they went about seeing change happen some was embraced some wasn't you know right. some was taken as a I think because of, you know, people, when change is coming, they want it to be nice and be a pretty package and be a, a bow. And although the people getting beat up and water hose and dogs biting the people that were a, among the peaceful protesters um, wasn't something that I would go through myself. I would probably be more on the Malcolm tip. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. hey, man, we're going, you know, hey, you push me, I push back. But I'm working through that angry bird, right? But I think that it's a good contrast in seeing how anger can be utilized um in two different ways two extremely different ways but for the cause of justice but for the cause of rights being uh wrongs being righted you know and things of that nature um and it's just i wish that we had a way in our 2016 lives that we can follow the rules of what angry should look like and achieve goals that will you know um solve some of our societal ills you know work towards the greater good i i agree with that i, I think that Using our anger to improve society is what we really need. And to not just sit there and um, see the injustices done and then not do anything. I think that we, we as um, uh, in conscious, socially conscious individuals need to take action. I like Martin Luther King and then also Gandhi mm -hmm. in the sense of using our words and, and making our words count. I think that... Um, there's a lot of confusion that happens in, in physical violence and, and, and especially because men get labeled with that aggression and violence all the time that it's unfair. Uh, but using words, when I say I'm angry, I don't have to bulk up. I can just say I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I'm angry about the situation. I want change. I want to make, I want to be an agent of change. I want to be an activist for change. And, you know, and then things start to improve. We, we, we do need to express our anger in a healthy way. Mm. And, and I'm not going to say that 
um, some of some sometimes you know, you know the American Revolution had to right. happen or you know what I mean Come like on. you know things have to happen yeah. you know um, but in 2016 I think just because of what we're seeing it's important to use our words effectively and say I don't I don't like what I see I want change I want positive change I want mm-hmm. everyone to love each other and get along and we're gonna have to create a society that really does have. Uh, less um, division and more unity together, mm-hmm. it's really important to use those words. Yeah. And I think that list that you gave is important for us to understand and see that there are so many other words, things, effects, both A and E effects, right? Right. That come from this anger situation, right? Anger is passion, you know, strong passion. It's determination. It's courage. It's empowerment. It's, you know, it's all resolve. It's all the bravery. Right. Like, you know, all of these elements exist. They coexist. And it takes a level of anger or being able to manage your anger or realizing that these things make you angry to move to move you forward. Right. And it doesn't have to be this destructive force that's used to destroy things. Right. You know, absolutely. Anger can be used to build things. So I like Red, you know, he he. uh led the birds uh-huh. they with the slingshot <laughs> there you go right and they i guess that's how they learn how to fly yeah, yeah. these dinosaurs right, um, right. <laughs> and you know so so you know they got their children back and you know it was a wonderful story about the the positive effects of anger i mean i like i liked really how it ended because if it would have just been that you know um anger was a bad emotion and that uh people shouldn't have anger i think we would have a very confused society afterwards, right. you know, right, especially right. if any young people would watch this movie. You know, I think that it's important to acknowledge that uh, there is a hugely healthy aspect to using our anger in a, in a way that brings positive change. And, you know, and I think this movie was really awesome. Yeah. And I think as well, if like in the totality of the movie, right, if the people had listened to Red, they wouldn't have ended up in the situation that they ended up in, right? Right. But because they were so busy condemning him for being different, they weren't allowed to see the the they didn't they couldn't see the things that he was saying and the truths behind them. Like, hey, we should be concerned. Hey, who are these people? Hey, they're up to no good. Hey, let's let's, you know, examine them a little further. And we do that as a culture. We do that as a society. When people are different, when we don't understand them, especially when it comes to anger, when people just seem to just have this stick up their butt or they're a stick in the mud or they're you know what I mean? They're just they're not as cheery and optimistic. We like to demonize realists. You know, we right. like to we, we, we like to demonize people who can maybe because of their angry disposition or because they have that emotion, they can kind of see things from a uh, a different perspective. And I think this taught me to understand more and to respect people more when they're different, you know, when they have a difference of opinion and not always be quick to say, well, I know you and I don't want to hear nothing you have to say because you have this particular uh, personality uh, issue, you know, and it don't have to be a flaw. It's just, you know, a difference, a personality difference. Right. I think this is where compassion comes in for me. Mm-hmm. You know, our society is really quick, especially with young men, to label them as angry and aggressive. Mm-hmm. And where I I get to sit down and speak to young men and, and men in um, of all ages and really understand what's happening, you know, I, I, I don't see and I don't like the labels that are given to young men, you know, just being angry and aggressive. A lot of these young men, I would say the majority of them, have been hurt or shamed. And if we're really going to see change and and uh, in lives, we need to identify that people get hurt and people act of, out of hurt. Mm-hmm. We all act out of pain, mm-hmm. and that's where compassion comes in. So understand that we all have pain, and people act out of that pain. And and the only way to reduce the anger in life is to really heal the pain. You know, through acceptance and care and love and, and, you know, you know, all these things that we really need to do for young men and and people in general, just everyone. But because we're talking to men, it's so important just to share the compassion, you know, you know, and, and if we're talking to someone today on that's listening to this podcast who struggles with anger. You know, self-compassion is necessary too. Mm -hmm. You know, learning how to have compassion towards ourselves, especially our past selves. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the compassion is where we begin to heal the shame Mm -hmm. and 
and let go of the guilt. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just where I stand most of the time with anyone is, just, okay, um, what hurts you? And let's, let's talk about healing. Mm-hmm. It's, there was a quote that stood out to me um, in the movie, and I think that this is kind of hitting on what you're saying in terms of compassion and understanding people and being caring. Uh, when they were, uh, when the judge was judging Red and getting ready to send him to anger management uh, class, he had this line, he said, anger is a weed growing in our garden. And what do we do? Pull it out. You pluck it out. You throw it, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, that's that was their whole mentality. Right. Anger is a weed growing in our garden. Right. And we got to do something about it. And so their their whole disposition on him and his be- and his uh, personality was he was a problem and he was problematic. And he was a weed. And he was a weed. Yes. Right. That's powerful right. language. He yeah. was a weed. That you, you're yeah, like, that's just shaming him all yeah, over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, aren't dandelions weeds, too? Right, but, but I like the, them. We like, we like the dandelions, <laughs> right? But we don't like them other intrusive ones that right. don't make your garden look nice and your grass look funny. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's it's like you're saying, we have to have compassion. We have to understand people. And I think that's what our role as therapists, we understand that. But like you're saying, if you're a guy out there and you feel misunderstood, if you're angry, if you're frustrated, we understand. Right. And we want you to know that we understand that. If you're in the Atlanta area, we would love to see you and love to work with you through these things. And knowing it won't be an anger-shame session Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. We, we will walk through the steps that it takes to under to, to see what's underneath that stuff. Uh, we will walk with you and see if it's shame underneath those things, if it's pain, if it's hurt underneath those things. And try to get you to a place where you can be healthy, manage your anger if need be. Maybe go to an anger management class right. if need be, uh, right? But then also understand that you're more than just your anger. Yes. You're not just your anger. Um, and we don't want to necessarily say, hey, stop being angry. We just want to say manage it well. Let it lead you in the right direction. And don't be like uh, Red when he got into the fight with the with the sign. You remember when oh, the sign yeah. kept slapping him back and forth? He's fighting with <laughs> that this, poor that, sign. That sign. But it was just it was just a clear example. Like this is where anger can go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. you get so frustrated with stuff, you kick something, you break your foot. I've known friends who get angry with inanimate objects and kick them and then break their foot. And it's like, yo, what just happened? Yeah. Punching holes in walls, you know, right. things of that nature. We want to transition you from punching holes and breaking your foot to kind of utilizing the anger for what benefit could be there. Right. Yeah. Healing. That's, Healing. That's what people need. That's what the people need. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I'm John Parker. And I'm Dr. Daniel David. And we're about healing. We're about using your anger for good. And we want to see men prosper. Now go watch that movie. All right. Again. <laughs> see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to a Myths and Men podcast. If you or someone you know may be in need of therapeutic or counseling services or even life coaching, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Our contact phone number is 770-674-0553. You can also reach us via email at contact at ofmythsandmen.com. That's contact at O-F-M-Y-T-H-S-A-N-D-M-E-N.com. Our web address is ofmythsandmen.com. And again, that's spelled O-F-M-Y-T-H-S-A-N-D-M-E-N.com. Thank you for listening.